You know, it's time that we need we need to do some things differently and, and change and adapt. And um, I'm actually really excited. I can't wait to get back on the field with the players and get them going. And these guys wanted me. Uh, the Vikings wanted me. I told my agent that I wanted to be here. I want the opportunity to to play with and learn from Harrison and Pat P. And the Lord bless me with that opportunity. What is going on, Vikings fans? Welcome to episode number 86 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We have a few moves that were made over the last week that we are excited to introduce and talk about. And with that, I bring in Vikings.com's Lindsey Young right away, who we have on the show every so often. We need to have her on more as long as producer Jay Nelson. But we'll start with saying hi to Lindsey since she's not here every week. What's going on, Lindsay? How are your uh, overall thoughts and feelings of the Vikings free agency period so far? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy hanging out with you guys and um, jumping on the show. But I think, you know, the first couple of weeks of free agency have been really fun. Like there obviously have been some players who have departed, which is always um, hard to see that. But the Vikings have brought in some really great additions too, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I know that we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail here in a second. But I'm just excited to kind of see... Um, if there are any more moves in free agency and, you know, depending on that kind of which way the Vikings go in the draft as well, and maybe some of the offensive moves that are made. So, but overall, I think it's been a fun couple of weeks so far and we'll see what happens. Fun for Mike Zimmer to say the least, because I feel like most of the moves free agency wise have been made on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we covered the Patrick Peterson signing, the Stephen Weatherly signing, and of course, Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle of the Vikings defensive line. And now you add a few more pieces uh, onto that secondary of Mike Zimmer's defense. Safety Xavier Woods, former Dallas Cowboy um, in the league. He was signed by the Vikings to fill that spot uh, next to Harrison Smith in the Vikings secondary. And we bring back an old friend, in cornerback and former second-round pick, Mackenzie Alexander, who spent one season with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now he's back with the Vikings. Happy to be coached by Mike Zimmer. So uh, those were the two big moves on the defensive side of the ball over the last week. There was another move that was made on the offensive line, which has received all the reviews in the world. Dakota Dozier, um, a veteran who played multiple spots on this Vikings Uh, offensive front last season. So um, there was one signing on the offensive side of the ball as well, Jay. I think, I mean, from a depth perspective, you have to at least be excited to bring back another offensive lineman. Yeah, and I think part of the reason, you know, people are citing, you know, why is he coming back? Why would we bring him back is because he's got a relationship with Rick Dennison um, from back when he was with the Jets as well. I think uh, the, the nice thing about him is we've seen him play multiple positions on that offensive line when when needed to. I know last season he played all 16 games. You can hear all the noise and everything that's going on at the same point. I think if the, the offensive line coach 
and the head coach in the front office all identify that that he is a valuable part of this offensive line for multiple reasons. And I think that across the board, you know, bringing him back in, a guy that already knows the system, they're just looking at this as, at, at a position where we tend to have some some needs and some death needs. Um, it feels like he can be kind of a Swiss Army knife and, and plug and play in some of these different positions if called upon. And, and to be honest with you, you know, if, if we do end up making a bunch of, of draft choices coming up here in the, in the upcoming draft at the offensive line position, there's going to be a competition across the board. So we'll see how this all plays out. But at the same point, I, I feel like if the coaching in the front office feel like this guy is a valuable part of what they could do and what they could could need for 2021 20, coming up here, I think, you know, it's a good move on, on the Vikings part. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of the Vikings fans on Twitter have cited some of the pro football focused numbers and things along that, along those lines of, of how he performed last year. But at the end of the day, like I said, you add another member to the Vikings offensive line and a member who is familiar with Rick Dennison, the Vikings offensive line coach. And I think there will be some more additions that will be made to this position group um, in the draft. So we're going to touch on just about all of these moves. We have Jay Cut sound bites uh, from Mackenzie Alexander and Xavier Woods, as well as Mike Zimmer, a happy Mike Zimmer, speaking to the media on Wednesday afternoon. So I, I think we're going to be pretty excited to hear what he has to say later on in the show, and we'll also react to that. Um, so let's start. Let's start getting in and diving into safety Xavier Woods and cornerback Mackenzie Alexander. We'll start with the new guy, Xavier Woods. Uh, he's from Louisiana, played at Louisiana Tech, and he goes back a long way, Lindsay, with Carl Scott, who actually coached him um, in college at Louisiana Tech, and Carl Scott is a member of the Vikings uh, defensive coaching staff. Yeah, I think it's interesting because obviously Carl Scott is new um, to the coaching staff this season. And so you bring in a new coach and you bring in a new player with Xavier Woods, but they already have familiarity with each other, which is sweet. Um, you know, Xavier talked to the media um, earlier this week and he talked about how Coach Scott played a big part in him wanting to come here just with that familiarity. He knows his coaching style. Coach Scott knows Xavier's playing style. And so I think that that's only going to be a benefit, especially when you're coming into a new team and a new system to kind of have that familiar face to work with. Yeah, I think that's an awesome connection, Lindsay. Carl Scott, I mean, just talking to some members of the Vikings defensive staff this past week, they love what he brings to the table, not only from Louisiana Tech, but obviously uh, what he did at Alabama and the way he was able to recruit players. I think he might have taken part in recruiting Xavier Woods uh, to this defensive backfield. So that's that's an awesome connection to have. It's always good when you have a coach who knows a player, goes back a long way with a player. All these connections are good um, for Vikings young players across the roster. So uh, looking at what he did in his first few years with the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, this guy was a starter. He played in 60 games, started in 48 in his first four seasons with the team, five interceptions, 18 passes deflected, and two fumble recoveries, 247 total tackles, as Jay has written down here. So this is an impact player. Uh, he's a player that literally in his press conference starts off the, 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 the press conference by saying, I cannot wait to play alongside Harrison Smith, Lindsay. I mean, you were there when you heard him say that. We're going to play a clip later uh, in, in a little bit here, but what does it mean when you have a player who literally says, 
Oh, yeah, I, I know who I'm playing next to. That's part of the reason why I came to the Vikings in free agency. I mean, I think that says just so much about, one, who we have on our roster, right, and the fact that, you know, you know that players across the league are watching Harrison, they're watching other guys on the team, and so for him to be that excited to come in and be able to play with Harrison, hopefully compliment him on the defense is incredible. Um, and I think, you know, he had – sort of been asked because obviously he's on defense. So when he was with the Cowboys and they're scouting the Vikings, he's mainly watching the Vikings offense, but he did say that he's watched plenty of Harrison Smith film um, and is just really excited to work with him. So I think that makes it even more fun to just see where this group will go in 2021. Yeah, I agree. Let's take a listen uh, to the, to a soundbite from Xavier Woods presser earlier in the week. Oh, hey, Xavier. Welcome to Minnesota. How did it just come about uh, that you ended up with the Vikings? I mean, you obviously knew that there was an opening at safety with Anthony Harris. Just how did the whole process come about in you coming to Minnesota and then it being uh, wrapped up on Saturday? These guys wanted me. Uh, the Vikings wanted me. and uh, I talked to Coach and he told me he, that we had an opportunity to come and play and that's all I can be. That's all I can ask for the opportunity. And um, like I said, I told my agent that um, I wanted to be here. I want the opportunity to to play with and learn from Harrison and Pat P. And um, the Lord bless me with that opportunity. Hey Xavier, uh, welcome to the team. Um, I know you played one season, I think, for for Carl Scott at mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech. How much did he play a role? And, and what was your, your your one season like with him? He played a major. He played a major role as well. Uh, just knowing a familiar face, having a familiar face here, and a guy that I know, his coaching technique, his style, one that I um, love to play, love love to play for before. I know I love to play for now. Yeah, so you heard it there. I mean, you, he has the connections as we talked about uh, with Carl Scott. Obviously, he he sees a Patrick Peterson sign in free agency. That has to have. Uh, a positive uh, light on on wanting to come play for the Vikings. So, I mean, anytime as a young safety who definitely had a down year last year, we, t- we talked about all the playmaking ability that he had in his first couple seasons with the Cowboys. He didn't have an interception or a fumble recovery last season. So, Lindsay, I think you stepped in to that press conference with a question right after um, Eric's question there. So, what, what was your next question and, and kind of w- w- what was his overall vibe when, when you asked that question? I thought it was big of Xavier to talk about how he did have a down year last season um, and really acknowledge that and talk about reviewing that self-scouting um, and wanting to you know be better and bounce back this season. And then that's kind of why I wanted to ask him about working with Mike Zimmer because he had just talked about his familiarity with Carl Scott. And obviously Coach Zimmer is kind of known around the league as a DB guru. Um, and I think it's cool too because obviously Zimmer and Woods had no overlap in Dallas, but, you know, Mike Zimmer got kind of his, he gained his reputation for being so good with DBs back with the Cowboys. And so now to have a former Cowboy come into Minnesota and work with Zimmer, I thought was, was pretty cool. And, you know, Xavier's answer to that was just that he was very excited to work with somebody who has such a strong reputation around the league um, with defense, with the secondary, especially, um, and just excited to see what else he can learn from Zimmer and what else he can kind of pull out of his game, which I think is always exciting with a new team. 
Well, it's definitely obvious that while Xavier wanted to come to the Vikings, it's pretty clear that the Vikings sought him out as well. Uh, we talked about all the connections with him um, from the coaching staff to players to, to just about everything. But obviously, you lose a guy who led the league in interceptions two years ago and Anthony Harris a key member of this defense inside the locker room, on the field, uh, a leader on this team. So, Jay, what do you think Xavier Woods' role is going to be like in that spot? Because he's not the same player as Harris, but he's going to be filling the same position in this Vikings defense. Yeah, you know, I think a, a guy like him coming in, part of the reason why it's attractive is that he has multiple years of service. He's already played four years in the league. And I, I think, you know, we're automatically assuming that this guy is going to be a starter, right? But we had some some really good draft picks last year as well that are in here that were, were pretty young. And I think part of the times watching the games, you'd see Harrison Smith getting frustrated once in a while if somebody was out of position or didn't quite necessarily know what was happening with the scheme. I think when you, you look at this influx of a guy like Patrick Peterson and now Xavier Woods who have multiple years of service in the NFL kind of understand the game a little bit more and you've got some of these younger guys that came in last year that have a ton of talent I think the the secondary room in general has has definitely gained a lot of knowledge and I think it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing gets revamped with Carl Scott coming in too and everybody has to get on the same page of what Mike Zimmer wants like Mike Zimmer, this is his area. He is the secondary guy. Like Lindsay said, he's known as the guru. So I think a guy like Xavier Woods stepping in here, there's going to be a lot of expectations that you are a veteran leader now on this team as well with what you know, but there's also a lot of things technique wise that Zimmer is probably going to hammer into all of these guys as to what he really wants. You know, Patrick Peterson might've been a little bit more of on an Island in Arizona, but now he's coming into a, a cover two scheme where there are definitive ways that they want these different people to play. And it's basically do your job. Don't do everyone's job. So I think a guy like Xavier Woods coming in here, he's going to have some expectations of you're your a veteran, but everyone's got to get on the same page in order to work right. Otherwise, we're going to have some of the similar issues we had last year. And I just think that's everyone knows at this point, whether it's the front office or, or the coaching staff, that that's not acceptable because they were so upset about what happened last year with the defense, which is why you're seeing all of these guys get brought in at all positions, whether it's the, the line uh, D line or the secondary at this point. They're really trying to address the, all the issues that we had last year. And so a guy like Xavier walking in this room, you know, he's even talked about Harrison and, and Patrick Peterson being able to pick their brains is going to help his game. And I think across the board, those two guys are going to be leaned on as as the, the veterans and these guys that are kind of mid-tier and newer are all going to have to step up their games as well. So they're hoping... You're going to get from Xavier Woods what he did in his first three seasons, not necessarily last year, even though he still had you know 72 combined tackles last year. But um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how well he comes in and meshes with all these guys and the secondary as a whole. And I think that's a great point too, Jay, because you mentioned, you know, he's not coming, he is a veteran. He has lots of experience. He's had several very successful seasons, but he's not walking in here assuming that he knows it all, right? Like he wants to continue picking the brains of Harry, like you said, and Patrick Peterson. And I think that just shows a lot of um, maturity and high character from a player as well, which is exactly the type of guy that, that coach Zimmer and Rick Spielman like to have in the locker room. I think what kind of is happening here is you're seeing a turning of the tide in a way that Mike Zimmer wants to call this defense in a way that he wants that other safety position to play outside of Harrison Smith. You don't need two guys who are going to run all over the field and make certain plays. Sometimes you need that secondary safety, 
um, kind of like Andrew Sandejo was for so many years, um, who's kind of more of the safety net than the guy who's going to jump up and make those big plays on the line and obviously go for interceptions. So it'll be interesting to see what his role is compared to Anthony Harris. I know Carl Scott did a lot of good things at Alabama with that defensive uh, secondary group. I mean, they were one of the best in the country, and I think that there's going to be a little wrinkle that Carl Scott is able to put in to this Vikings defense uh, along with what Zimmer is able to do as the secondary guru, as Lindsey calls him. I love that. We'll, we'll keep that going um, along with the show. But on to the next player. It's Mackenzie Alexander. It's a familiar face. Lindsey, you've covered him since he's been here. You've seen what he's like in the locker room. You've seen um, what he was like as a second-round pick coming in with the Vikings just a few years ago. Why do you think the Vikings wanted to bring McKenzie back? And what do you think his role is going to be like on the team going forward? Yeah, um, I love that McKenzie's back for a number of reasons. I think just the familiarity with the system and having that um, consistency, bringing him back after just a season away is going to be awesome. Um, Obviously, he is going to have a new um, DB's coach in Carl Scott, like we've talked about, but just that familiarity with Zimmer is always a plus. Um, You know, I think over the first four seasons that he was here before leaving for a year to go to Cincinnati, he showed a lot of growth. Like, I don't think it's any surprise that initially coming in, he was not thrilled to be asked to work on the inside because he had seen success playing outside corner and then was asked to play nickel. But I think when he kind of made that um, mental switch and embraced that role is when you really saw him like step up and succeed there um, and really learn the defense, you know, really master that that slot corner role and so it will be interesting this season seeing exactly how he's used because obviously last year the Vikings um, drafted Jeff Gladney and he played a lot of his time um, in the slot so I'm interested to see kind of how they how they work all of that out Um, but I did like hearing from McKenzie when he spoke with media earlier this week he was asked about his role and which position he thinks he'll be playing um, and he really focused on just kind of the big picture and you know succeeding as a defense as a whole and whatever that means for him you know he's willing to do so I think that that was a cool mentality to see from him as well um, and will be you know like I said interesting to see kind of how it all plays out here in the fall yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens at that nickel cornerback position as you talked about um, Jeff Gladney seems to taken over that role in this Vikings defense, obviously a first-round pick in the organization, uh, and a lot of the coaches have very high opinions of him in that spot. So uh, McKenzie did talk about the the big picture. Uh, He constantly said he would play on the outside, he'd play on the inside, he'd play pretty much wherever the coaches will, will have him. So let's take a listen to his press conference earlier in the week. Hey, Mackenzie, welcome back. Um, just wondering, obviously, the the cornerback room does look quite a bit different right now um, than when you were last here. Just what are you looking forward to about working with some of those younger guys and what can you add as a veteran presence in that room? I mean, um, I mean, besides me, we got, in my opinion, you know, we got two future Hall of Famers, you know what I mean, already in the secondary, you know what I mean? Me just being there is a... Uh, it's just it's just a little bit of a bonus, but with those two guys is going to help out tremendously. Um, I think for me, it's just about bringing um, energy and excitement, and, um, and and just bringing maturity. You know what I mean? Uh, a maturity presence uh, to be around and um, allow us as a unit to get uh, to be better, and compete, and, and have a good time, and uh, and take care of business as a, as a unit and getting things back where they need to be. 
And Mackenzie, you mentioned uh, the secondary has two future Hall of Famers. You, you know one of them pretty well, but but how much how well do you know Patrick Peterson, and have you followed his game at all? Oh, I followed a lot of his game. You know what I mean. I watched him in um, high school, watched him in college, um, and watched him in the pros. You know what I mean. So that's definitely a guy that I can sit next to and, and pick his brand about some things and have some conversations uh, with him about. So that's going to be fun to have him around for sure. I mean, when when you have a guy like that, Mackenzie Alexander, who's just a member of this organization uh, for so many years, and then he literally leaves for one year, and things are so much different. Uh, I really appreciated bo- both of those questions from you, Lindsay, and Eric, um, Eric Smith from Vikings.com. So uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy how much has changed in this Zimmer defense in just one year. The amount of players that we've added on 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 the secondary at the linebacker position. Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce, who who will be playing their first games with the Vikings this season. So it's a totally different defense. So it will be really interesting to see where he fits in in this big picture that he's talking about. Jay, where do you think he fits in in this Vikings defense? I think he and Xavier Woods are in a very similar position. They're both guys that have four to five years of service. Um, I think, you know, McKenzie's coming in here thinking that whether it's the nickel position or even the cornerback position, that he's going to have a, a full competition in order to try to prove himself. And the one thing he does have is he's got the the ability and the uh, knowledge of this system, at least from before. Now the whole, like we talked about before, Carl Scott coming in and changing some some things up is, is going to be a little bit of a, a new wrinkle for him that he's going to have to grow. But one of the things within the, the press conference that happened was he was all talking about the system, the big picture, growing in ways that can help the team and he's saying all the right things which is great um so now it just turns into translating it on the practice field right so whether it's the old guys or the new guys from last season that are going to be competing at these positions i think um if you if you want to look at something almost like the the defensive line at least in the last couple years with the way they've done it and they've had a lot of rotation in order to keep people fresh i think you're now going to potentially go from having a young and inexperienced group last year to a group that has a bunch of veterans that are very, very high caliber veterans um, coming in here and working with these younger guys. So that's why before with Xavier, I was kind of saying, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a competition, but these older guys are going to be leaned on to say, you already know what's going on, at least in the NFL now get with the system. Um, I think all of this is going to come across, whether it's McKenzie, Xavier, uh, Patrick Peterson, who who already has the pedigree and then some of these younger guys. They're all going to have to to prove their their worth within this this secondary system, um, in order to get their their playing time. Because the thing in the NFL is it's all about trust. Do you trust them? Do they know the system? Do they know what they're supposed to do? And given what you said before, Corso, if if there was a feeling of some people kind of going rogue a little bit last year and trying to do too much, you know, I think they're trying to get back to trust us. We know what we're doing. We've done this forever. We know this system works. Get in here and, and do it the right way. And if uh, McKenzie's able to to really hone in on that and do what he says he was going to do in the press conference, then he's going to get a lot more playing time than, than not. So I am, I'm looking forward to what this is going to turn into and hopefully they get a, a more of a full off season with all the mini camps in order to install this stuff versus having to try to shoehorn everything in when it comes to training camp. Yeah. It's amazing. Looking back at his stats that you have listed here. I mean, from 2016 to 2019, he played 55 games for the Vikings uh, only had 10 starts, two interceptions, 21 pass deflections, um, a few other stats as well. I know he had four and a half sacks in his career with the Vikings, nine tackles for losses. So he clearly 
um, was an impact player in the Mike Zimmer defense. He never really became um, the full potential player at that second round pick at a Clemson that he was supposed to be. I think a little bit of immaturity earlier on in his career was something that has always been questioned by the Vikings coaches and, and questioned by Mike Zimmer. So, Lindsay, do you sense that he's kind of bringing a, a newfound maturity uh, to this Vikings defense following being in a, a situation that didn't seem as great as the one that that it, that we have here in Minnesota? I mean, you, you walk, he's walking around the Vikings facility, and we have our cameras following him around. He's like, it's like you had never been there before <laughs> walking around. He's like, this place is amazing. So, uh, do you think this he has like a newfound sense of maturity because? I mean, that's what he's saying in that press conference. I mean, I think so. I think he, I think, like I mentioned, he showed a lot of growth while he was here. And then I think when you leave for a season um, and come back and kind of value what you had, um, value what you can bring to this defense, you know, I obviously I can't speak for him, but I have to imagine that after the Vikings did have a down year defensively last season, it's got to be a little bit exciting to want to come back and be a part of helping that unit bounce back. Um, And like you said, having kind of a newfound appreciation for just Minnesota, the Vikings organization, the Vikings facilities, whatever it may be. um, I think, you know, he's really pumped to be back, which, which says a lot about the organization, but it also says a lot about him as a person and as a player as well. One of the things uh, that I found interesting was a lot of the things when he was talking about that, whether it was in the press conference or during that video course, which just mentioned, you can go find it on Vikings.com. Um, he and Stephen Weatherly sounded very similar and that they were both gone for a year. And when they came back, they're like, man, I love being back at this place. This is, this feels comfortable. You know, Mackenzie's pointing out like, this is where I sit in the cafeteria, those kind of things that there is a familiarity that, that they were gone for a year and kind of came back saying, you know, I, I really did miss this place. That's the kind of motivation I think that that is encouraging where these guys are wanting to come back here, whether it's the facilities or the coaches or whatever, but they see an opportunity here to help get things back on track. And and that should be really exciting to Vikings fans. My last thing on McKenzie before we move on to the offensive lineman, but uh, when you look at this Vikings cornerback group, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, last year we like were dying for more depth. We needed more players. We needed a guy to not get injured. We needed Mike Hughes um, to be healthy and out on the field. But now, I mean, you add Patrick Peterson, you add Mackenzie Alexander, and you have Jeff Gladney along with Cameron Dantzler coming back after a full year where they were pretty much just thrown out there on the field to learn from their mistakes. And then you you think about a guy like Mike Hughes, who I know he's he's probably – pretty still dealing with some of those injuries with that neck. We don't know where he's going to be at when it comes to his injury standpoint, but you start to look down up and down this cornerback room, Lindsay, and I didn't even mention Chris Boyd yet, who I know the Vikings are pretty excited about. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this position group pans out. Yeah. I mean, I think exactly like you said, everything looks so different in that room right now. Um, But then you add, like you mentioned, that one full season of experience to the guys last year who kind of for better or for worse, you know, had to get thrown into the fire. But that does a lot to, you know, give them that experience to to give them that character. And like Jay mentioned, if there can be more of a quote normal offseason program this year where they can get 
you know, their feet wet more, continue to have practices before they go into the preseason. Like that's going to speak volumes for their game as well. So I just think it's really exciting looking at the guys coming back from next year, looking at the guys that we've added, um, bringing back McKenzie, you know, it just seems like you have a lot of depth in that group right now. Certainly one of the most interesting groups on the Vikings defense heading into the new season. I expect a lot of improvement there, especially when you have a defensive line that is adding three players that didn't even get to play, uh, two that didn't get to play last year, one big man in the middle from the New York Giants. I like um, the, I I just think it's going to be a better year for the defense all around. Going from the defense to the offense, we added a few offensive linemen um, for depth purposes to the interior offensive line. Mason Cole was added from the Arizona Cardinals for a late-round draft pick. I know he has some ties to Minnesota. And then the Vikings bring back guard Dakota Dozier, um, who obviously has had some seasons with Rick Dennison with the New York Jets, had a season last year with the Vikings. Jay, what, what, what are your overall thoughts on some of these depth interior offensive linemen that the Vikings were able to bring back and add to the roster? That's been one of the, the criticisms that's been out there, at least for the last couple of years. And there's still some, you know, if you if you go from the Internet experts at this point, there's still some moves that need to be made. Um, but I think when it's guys like Mason Cole and Dakota Dozier, again, it's a similar feel where these guys can play multiple positions where Mason had played some guard, but he also played center Dakota. Like we talked about before for the last couple of seasons, at least for us, he was playing all across that offensive line, kind of plug and play when they, they need someone to help fill in. Um, I think these guys are coming in here knowing that if there is going to be some youth that's going to be popping in because of the loss of guys like Riley reef, there's going to be some, some, positions that are going to be open that if they can step up, there's a chance that they could be a starter, you know, at least early in the season. Um, We'll have to see what's going to happen here in the draft, but across the board, you're adding guys again, similar like Xavier Woods and McKenzie Alexander that have some seasons and some years within this league and have the ability to play multiple positions. So as many of those, those guys that you can use that are plug and play, I think they'll be at least helpful to have on this roster given, you know, there are attrition and there are some injuries that happen every single season with some of these guys. So um, these guys here, plus with the expectations of some, some drafted players coming in, I think um, these guys are going to be helpful for this offensive line group this year. Uh, You have to wait and see what's going to happen in the draft. You have to wait and see if Ezra Cleveland is going to move over to tackle from the guard position where he played last year, we don't know if Brian O'Neill is going to be a left tackle or a right tackle um, with Riley Reef departing. So there's a lot of pieces that have to fall in place, Lindsay, on this Vikings offensive line, uh, where Garrett Bradbury is at the center position, where uh, uh, Ezra Cleveland is going to be from a, from an interior standpoint or outside. And then obviously if Brian O'Neill is going to play on the right or the left side, I think you just want to add a few more pieces uh, in the draft. I I think that would be the expectation, Lindsay. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I would expect there to be moves at that position um, in the draft. I think the question is how early, right? You know, is that something that they do right away or is it something that they address in the later rounds? I don't think we'll obviously know that until the end of April, but um, I think you're exactly right that it just, you want to have as many people in there, as many good players in there um, for competition that you can have players for um 
OTAs and training camp and see where everybody best fits so that when the season comes along, you've got the best five guys in there. So I think it's, you know, way too early to tell exactly what that lineup will be. But um, I think to your point, you know, the more people that we can have and bringing back a guy like Dakota, who is very familiar with the system is only a plus at this point in the season or the off season. Absolutely. And we are going to hear from the head coach later on in the show as he updated the reporters on all of the free agency moves that were made throughout the free agency process for the Vikings. Uh, we will have a nice reaction to that as well from Lindsay, who was there uh, at the press conference. But first, I want to talk about one thing that happened on the league level, which will obviously impact all of us and will impact every single Vikings fan out there. Uh, the NFL officially announced the adoption of a 17-game season moving forward. Uh, it will be obviously the first time that they play 17 games in a season. There will be one preseason game that is moved to a regular season game. So total, it will be the same amount of games, just one more that actually matters. Jay, what were your overall thoughts on this? And maybe throw in some of the notes that you have here about what the NFL uh, announced in this in this a pretty big move that was made for the league. Yeah, as the resident old guy, this is the first time in my lifetime that we've seen a change like this. Um, like you said, basically, we're going to keep the same 20 games. One of those preseason games is being converted to a regular season game. Um, it's going to work a little bit on a rotational scale every year. It's going to kind of flip back and forth between AFC and NFC hosting a, an extra game. You're either going to get one preseason game with nine home games of the regular season, or you're going to get two preseason games with eight home games for the regular season. So again, every two years, it's going to even out. It's going to be a, a flip-flop and a switch every two years. But um, it basically for... The fans, for the critics, everybody else has been saying there's too many preseason games. We should try and see if there's something we can do here. And I think they're going to, they kind of get their wish. So you're going to have an extra game. No more eight and eight seasons. No more hedging your bets by saying, oh, they're just going to go eight and eight for whatever um, team that you're, you're rooting for at this point. The only thing that really changes is going to be the addition of this extra game for the Vikings against another AFC team. So you're going to have your normal three home games, three away games versus your divisional opponents of the Packers, Bears, and Lions. And then there's going to be um, your four teams from an NFC division. This year we get the NFC West, which is going to be home against the Rams at Arizona, home against Seattle, and at San Francisco. You're going to get four teams from the AFC division, which is the AFC North this year. Uh, home against Cleveland and Pittsburgh and at Baltimore and Cincinnati. And then you get your one game against NFC South and an NFC East team that finished at the same position in your division. So we have a game at Carolina and then home versus Dallas. And then that 17th game this year for the NFC North is going to be against the AFC West. And so the Packers are going to get at Kansas City. The Bears are going to get at Las Vegas Raiders. We get at the Los Angeles Chargers and the Lions will be at the Denver Broncos. So that's kind of how it shakes out, uh, kind of the brief overview. But that's going to be an in interesting 17 games. And on top of all of this, people were curious if there was going to be an extra bye week. There is not. So you will have one bye week mixed into this uh, 17 home game regular season. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy to, to have an extra game. I think a lot of people are going to be happy. Um, I saw a lot of people mentioning things like, well, what's going to happen to some of these NFL records? 
Um, you're going to have an extra game for some of these wide receivers and quarterbacks and, and different people to break some records. Um, it's going to shake up the league a little bit here. And I think for everybody, it's going to be some extra cash, which is going to make the players and the owners happy. So yeah, it's a, it's a big shift for the first time in almost 43 years that they've actually done this, but, um, it's going to be fun to watch. You have to think the pandemic and the amount of money that the NFL lost this past year had something to do with the extra game. Um, I always like the Green Bay Packers adding a game at Kansas City. That certainly helps the Vikings. That's what I heard, Lindsay, um, when Jay was running through that long list of, of notes that we had here. But my only issue with this is there's some teams that are going to have more home games than others. Like I just think that that um, is unfair from a from a fairness standpoint even like if you look at the MLB there's there was like for the longest time there was one division that had more teams than the other division like that and they evened it out I just think it's pretty unbelievable that like the Vikings have to play one extra road game this year I mean it's against uh, not the opponent of the Kansas City Chiefs it'll be the LA Chargers where we've had some success as of late but yeah Lindsay I don't know what are, what are your overall thoughts on this it's one game, but it changes things up so much. Um, like Jay mentioned, you're still having the one, the one bye week. And so there's more, you know, wear and tear and things like that. And that was my first thought too, is about, you know, half the teams getting an extra home game and half the teams getting an extra road game, but I know it'll, it'll flip flop like Jay mentioned. So, you know, I, I have to imagine it all evens out, but it is tough when the first season that we do this, we have an extra, um, away game. You know, I think to your point, hopefully there are fans back in the stands this year um, and Vikings fans travel really well. So hopefully there's a large amount of purple um, in LA when we do face the Chargers whenever that is. So so I'm looking forward to it. More football is never a bad thing. I agree. And one of the things for me that actually, yeah, it stinks having an extra road game, but because it's all of the NFC has an extra road game this year, that I think kind of helps balance it just a little bit where it's not like, you know, we're playing on the road, but the Packers are playing at home against the Chiefs like that, I think would would cause more of a disparity or at least an issue. Um, but I, I think the fact that everyone in the NFC is going to play an extra road game and then next year, everybody in the NFC is going to get to play a home game. Everyone's kind of in a similar boat. I just think the level of competition is going to be interest. We all know how big of a shift happens every single year when it comes to playoff teams. It's usually 50 percent of turnover. Um, I, I just think like you cited, you know, the Packers having to go to Kansas city, that is a rough, rough one, um, to, to start off with. But at the same point, I just think it, there is a little bit of fairness there, just that everyone is in the same position when it comes to the entire division. Can we all take a moment to appreciate that we are hosting the Seahawks this season instead of going out to Seattle, because I know there's always a system and there's a, a rhyme and a reason for why that's happened, but we've gone out there so many times. So I'm excited to have a home game against Seattle this year. Thank God, Lindsay, that we're not going back to Seattle. I'm sick of the 9-6 losses over there that they just find a way to win. It, it's just it's happened every time, and it's always on Monday night or Sunday night football that we go there. Um, so that's a positive. Also, as we, as we said, the added road game playing where you're most likely going to have a lot of Vikings fans is never a negative either. So... As we move along in the show with head coach Mike Zimmer, who addressed just about everything that has gone on in free agency so far, with the main word and topic being rejuvenation. Let's hear from head coach Mike Zimmer of a, a little four-minute cut that Jay put together um, as he addressed the media on Wednesday. 
Yeah, Mike, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you've been able to rebuild your defense so far in free agency. And did you take an account in this process? I know you said in January that maybe you probably miscalculated losing all the defensive veterans last year. Did you kind of take that into account as you move forward into free agency this year? Well, initially when we got done with uh, with the season, we evaluated everything and we, we knew that we had uh, quite a few areas that we needed to, to fulfill. And, um, you know, honestly, Rob and, and Rick, they've done a, a great job in, in uh, doing that. But we've, you know, we've, we've been really fortunate, too, that we've had a lot of guys that have played here uh, in the past that have wanted to come back. They, they understand the, uh, the way that we do things and the program type of program that we run. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just continually going and we'll continue to, to try to improve through the draft as well. Uh, Mike, personally, how much did having a defense not up to your standards uh, last year push you here this offseason and is driving you now? Well, I'll tell you, Joe, um, you know, I, I'm not used to that, that level of performance from uh, one of our groups. And so, um, honestly, we've, we've had some of the best. You know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, all the coaches are in the building here now. But we've had some of the best meetings uh, that I've had in eight years probably. I mean, we're dissecting every little thing that we do, uh, going through it, like I said before, going through everything with a fine-tooth comb. Um, I've been really impressed with the coaches that are in there, but also um, just, all, you know, the offenses has changed so much in the last four or five years. Um, you know, it's time that we need, we need to do some things differently and, and change and adapt. And, um, and so I've been really, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I can't wait to get back on the field with the players and get them going. Yeah, Mike, you talked about making, it said it was time for you to make changes. Are these, uh, can you, I know you can't give details, but in general, are these tweaks or are these uh, big changes? Or, and what, what made you finally realize that? Well, you know, you know, number one thing that, that we want to do on defense is we want to play fast. We want to play physical. Um, you know, we don't want to be thinking. And, and the offenses lately have been getting us to think because we've had to adjust to here and adjust there and do this and do that. And, you know, some of these things we've talked about, and it's just too hard to implement during the season. So, um, you know, some of it is – I would – some of it is big change and some of it is – minor tweaks but the thing that I've been pressed with and I told coaches this today you know these meetings that we've had if we were in 12 different cities and doing this on a zoom meeting we, we couldn't get this done uh, we're sitting in a room we're watching tape together we're going over everything we get on the blackboard we talk or the whiteboard now get out and talk about you know okay if they do this how do we do this what if they line up and do this and you know, all the different scenarios that are going through our minds that we don't have to um, try to get done in, in three days getting ready for a game. It seemed like the kind of the first team that you had, the way you built it up, the veteran players were able to have a, a big influence on the younger players like Terrence Newman with Xavier Rhodes. I guess when you bring in Tomlinson, when you bring in Peterson with still a lot of young players around, is that sort of the, the hope or the expectation or just like what value can they bring beyond just sort of the X's and O's? Well, I do think every guy's different. You know, some guys, you know, like Harrison Smith, he's going to help the players, but he's going to do his own thing. He doesn't want to be, uh, you know, and, and so I don't, I don't want these guys to 
be someone that they're not. If they want to help them and do all those things or lead by example, that's great too. Um, you know, I think I think it'll be great for Watts. He's been in here working out. Wanham's been in here working out. You know, some of these younger defensive linemen have been in here and they're they're doing so. I think I think it'll be uh, big for those guys to have other good players around him, and uh, it'll help us in the, with depth and rotations and everything else. Well, as I said it, Lindsay, I mean, rejuvenation is the word that really stood out to me. I mean, when you hear the head coach say he was down in the dumps a little bit, uh, looking over the tape from last season, it's not the group uh, that he's used to having uh, with uh, with some of the stats and numbers that you can look at from last season, the injuries that occurred that we've covered already in the show. Now he's excited. He's got everyone back in the building. He's an old school coach talking about drawing up plays on the whiteboard. I mean, you gotta love the word rejuvenation when you uh, when you look at what happened at that press conference yesterday, Lindsay. Yeah, it, I mean, I always think it's so fun to hear from Coach Zimmer at this point in the off season because it's been a while since he's talked to reporters, um, but. I totally agree. I loved hearing him say rejuvenation. And I think I put together, you know, in my, in my recap of his talk, just the fact that, you know, some people like go to the beach, some people like go and like work on their golf game, but like coach Zimmer gets rejuvenated by signing defensive players and shoring up his defense. And so, um, I liked how honest he was about not only the the problems last year, but about feeling down in the dumps, right? Like about looking at the salary cap space, the the depth chart, and feeling like the numbers just didn't add up. Um, but when you have Rob Brzezinski and Rick Spielman working on it, I think, you know, they made things happen. And it's exciting to see how optimistic Coach is about that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you bring up how he gets rejuvenated over – Something like that. I think he's also rejuvenated talking about blackboards and whiteboards. And I mean, as old school as it gets for for a head coach, I'm sure he's happy that all the coaches are not on Zoom calls, as he calls them, and they're back in the building, in the room, looking at some of these players on tape. I mean, there's so much to get excited for with this Vikings defense. And Jay, I mean, Lindsey brought it up. Rob Brzezinski and Rick Spielman did just an incredible job bringing in some of these players. I mean... I know when this offseason started, I didn't expect a Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, they were able to bring in a lot of different players. I know an Anthony Barr restructure helps out, things of that nature, but how are these guys able to get all of these players in the building and added to this Vikings defense? Yeah, every single season we always kind of have a little bit of an eyebrow raiser where you're sitting there saying, how did we make this happen? Um, and, and everyone always – we've joked about it in, in past shows, and I, I, it's the Shia LaBeouf magic you know, meme kind of just – everyone always feels it's that way, and it just is a testament to the professionalism and – the savviness of guys like Rob Brzezinski and his entire crew that are working on this all year long, 365 days a year. It's like everyone on our end pays attention to it for about a month, month and a half or so. And then once the, the cut down days happen and there's some, you know, smaller moves typically made during the season, you're, you're hearing and seeing some of this, but I think the fact that it wasn't just sprung on teams as far as what they thought the number was going to be, they were given enough warning on the front end saying there's going to be a reduction here in, in cap number versus what you guys have thought in years past and planned for. I'm sure they went through probably hundreds of scenarios as to what they could do to actually address this stuff and make it happen. But it, it as Coach 
pointed out, he's like, listen, Rob and, and, and Rick and those guys, they saw the problem and knew everybody else was in the same predicament. Some teams were way worse than we were, but it also meant having to make some tough decisions on guys like Riley Reef and, and Kyle Rudolph and some of these guys that have been here for a long time in order to try to, as this league happens, get younger in a cheaper fashion in order to make sure that those, this team continues to evolve and, and doesn't get stagnant. So in order to do that, there's a lot of tough decisions that have to happen. And, and these guys, it seems like so far have threaded that needle um, in order to get us to a healthier place here, where not only are we still dealing with stuff in, in free agency, but also coming up here for the draft and having to sign those players too. And one other piece you know, to Jay that that coach mentioned in his presser was the fact that these players want to come to Minnesota, which I think, you know, speaks volumes about the coaching staff, about the culture that's here, that even after a down year, after the defense struggled last year, these players want to come here. He talked about, he said he, um, that he thought it took about five hours to get the deal done with Patrick Peterson, which is lightning fast. Um, the fact that he wanted to come here, you know, after 10 seasons in Arizona, guys like Stephen Weatherly and Mackenzie Alexander, after they leave for a year, they want to come back. So I think that's just one other piece of it, too, that, you know, says a lot about the organization. And I think part of that, too, is it's built on reputation, right? You know, the fact that for years and years and years, people understand, I think, what happened in 2020 is is an aberration and not not the the rule as to what they can expect being here in Minnesota. And I think the fact that Zimmer's reputation that he's built over all of these years working in the league, let alone being the head coach in Minnesota, has made guys like Patrick Peterson trust the process and trust the fact that we are going to address this and it is going to get better in 2021. So that is that is very promising, not only probably as a front office and a player who, who are dealing with this on a daily basis, but as a fan base that you should understand and trust the fact that there are a lot of people in place that feel like this team is is a lot closer than we were last year dealing with what we did. And um, I think with, with a lot of the injuries that Coach cited from last year is going to have a big impact getting a lot of those players back too. So yeah, it should there should be a lot of excitement so far, and we haven't even hit the draft yet. It's almost like there's like a law of averages or gravity or something along that nature of you have a season like that, and you think that all is lost with the salary cap being so low. And then you have Mackenzie Alexander wanting to come back on a veteran's minimum deal. Uh, same goes for Steven Weatherly. Anthony Barr wants to restructure his contract to help out Coach Zimmer. Patrick Peterson calls up the Vikings and says, hey, I want to join your program after being uh, in, in the conference with another team for, for a decade. I mean, it's unbelievable the reputation that Coach Zimmer has, has brought all of these players here. It's kept a lot of these players here um, to, to go through with these restructurings and help Rob Brzezinski out when it comes to the salary cap. I don't know, man. Jay, I think the salary cap is like a myth at this point with Rob Brzezinski in the office. I mean, every year they're able to get it done, and, and that that is why Rob is so good at his job. That's why he has been here for so long, and that's why he has so many connections within the league. But another thing that stood out to me, we're going to go over to the offensive side of the ball Coach Zimmer was asked for the first time, Lindsay, about the new offensive coordinator in Clint Kubiak, and and this is a topic that we've talked about all offseason. Uh, he's a young young guy. He's never called a play before uh, as an offensive coordinator. Obviously, the Kevin Stefanski comparisons come up, 
And that's what came up from Coach Zimmer. He compared Clint Kubiak to a Kevin Stefanski. And just from my point of view, I remember seeing Kevin walk up and down Winter Park and the way he carried himself and uh, kind of quiet around the building and a confident, cool, collective sort of guy at his young age. I think the similarities are, are pretty uh, they're pretty spot on because these two guys were great friends. Uh, Kevin was one of the reasons why Clint was brought in here uh, when he was when he was maybe going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I don't know. I see all the comparisons in the world. What do you expect from Clint Kubiak in his first year as offensive coordinator of this team? Yeah, I think you're right um, about when when coach compared him to Kevin Stefanski. I, I definitely saw a lot of that. And and I don't know Clint very well. You know, I think, like you said, he's kind of a quiet guy around the building. I don't think many of us have had a ton of interaction with him at this point. Um, but I love seeing Coach Zimmer's confidence in him. Like, he doesn't have a doubt in the world that that Clint can take over um, and do this role. And I think, um, you know, the similarities with Kevin as well, just talking about sort of how his wheels are always turning. He, he's always thinking about um, what little tweaks maybe can be made, like how to best utilize the guys on this team. And so I don't personally expect the offensive system to, to change a ton, right? Like I, I expect it to, to stay similar, but it will be really interesting to see um, if and what kind of wrinkles or tweaks he adds into it with it being his system this year. Yeah, and Zimmer has really instilled confidence in some of these play callers. I mean, he did it with Coach uh, Stefanski. He said, you know, we're all, we, we've all been first-time play callers at some point, and Kevin was given that opportunity at a young age. Now Clint's given that opportunity in this offense, Jay. So when Clint is calling plays week one of the NFL season, what do you think this offense is going to look like? I think they have cited, you know, part of the reason why he was here as well is because they didn't want to make wholesale across the board offensive changes. I think the the smart thing that they've been able to do is is make sure that they can, you know, keep that continuity. I think last year, I mean, even in the presser, Zim was was citing the fact that the offense was sixth in the league um, in some of those categories, and so I think they were happy with the way the offense clicked last year in a lot of ways. So I think Clint coming in is going to be a, a fresh set of eyes. Um, the fact that he has for basically his lifetime seen kind of the the blueprint that his father laid out there, but you all know, and we all know that whenever people like this get a hold of something for the first time on their own, they want to be able to put their own, their, their thumbprint on it. So I think you're going to see a lot of similarities, but I think there's also a lot of things that, that Clint has seen over the years working with Kirk cousins as well, that he knows where his strengths and weaknesses are, and he'll probably set him up to succeed that way too. And to be honest with you, you know, we cited the fact he's going to be a first time play caller. I think it's going to be an, an uh, evolution throughout the entire season of him having to go through and just kind of evaluate game to game, what works and what doesn't. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun to see kind of a breath of fresh air, not only on offense, but defense here as well. And um, it's, it's going to be fun. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the season coming up here. It can't get here fast enough. Last topic that stood out to me, and I'm going to hop over back to the defensive side of the ball. Lindsay, you said earlier how honest Coach Zimmer was in this press conference, and one of the things he said is we got to do make some changes. We got to uh, whether it's implementing new schemes or going to Carl Scott and seeing kind of what he did at Alabama. So, what do you think he's talking about, kind of when he's when he's saying we need to adjust, we need to move forward, we need to change what we do on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, I, I thought that that really stood out to me from an old school head coach who's 
who's done it his way for so long. And, and it looks like he's looking to make some adjustments. He's looking to grow. And I think Carl Scott has a lot to do with that statement. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to say right now. And I, you know, I'm not necessarily comfortable making predictions as to what it will look like. But I think just the fact that coach is talking about those potential changes, adjustments, um, while those remain to be seen, I love just hearing him talk about that. And like you had mentioned earlier, him talking about, um, you know, I think he mentioned something along the lines of the meetings that they've been having have been some of the the best or most productive meetings like in his time here. And so I think when you kind of bounce back from a season where you had to do everything virtually, you didn't um, have the, you know, quote, luxury of even being in the same room with these guys, he's able to take advantage of that. You mentioned the the whiteboard and, and digging in. So I think it's just exciting that they're really picking apart everything that they've done and figuring out what stays the same, what needs to change um, and, and going with that. So I'm just excited to see what that looks like. I'm so excited to see what that looks like. I'm excited to see what happens uh, as the NFL draft is approaching less than 30 days away till the, till the Vikings uh, get on the clock at the number 14 overall pick. So that'll do it for this edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm going to go to you, Jay. Do you have any final thoughts before we head out of here? Yeah, four weeks from today is the NFL draft. It, it, it's getting crazy just how, how quickly this stuff is wrapping up. You're seeing a lot of pro days out there. Um, obviously, on TV and some of these different clips, you, you've seen Rick out uh, and about doing their full evaluations for top-tier talent that's across the league. And so, yeah, four weeks from today, there's going to be a, a bunch of stuff on Vikings.com. And and up until that point, we can still be potentially signing free agents. So there's going to be a, a lot to pay attention to. Um, just check out all your, your Viking social media apps and Vikings.com for the latest info. And uh, stay tuned because uh, as exciting as it's been, it's just going to get crazier. Lindsay, I'm going to tee you up here. You've been doing such an awesome job on this Getting Open series on Vikings.com. I believe there was a new uh, episode or, or series of that this week, which was really cool. Uh, Chris Hockey from KFAN really opened up about his story. So can you just tell us a little bit about that and what you have kind of looking forward for that series? And I know it's been such a great experience for you uh, being able to cover these stories and, and tell these stories for our players and people around the organization. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, it's definitely become a passion project for me, for sure. Um, and it was really fun this past week, like you mentioned, to roll out um, this story on Chris Hockey. And he's shared kind of his, his experience before with depression and with mental illness and what that looks like for him. So it wasn't necessarily a new story, but um, it was really cool to see him continuing to, to open up and talk about the things that he's done with, including um, OCD when he was younger and just kind of what that's looked like for him. Um, and, you know, I think it's really making an impact. We've seen some people, some fans on Twitter and whatnot, just kind of respond and share that it's been helpful for them. And so what I've loved about the series is just the broad spectrum of people that we've had on um, different ages, different backgrounds, um, different experiences. And so we do have um, a few more here coming down the pipeline. So we'll continue to roll those out likely on Tuesdays. Um, we do have another player or two um, and also a Vikings legend that will be talking as well. Wow. So keep an eye on Vikings digital platforms for that um, and definitely appreciate the support. 
Absolutely. It's been such an awesome project to see, to, to consume, and I'm sure Vikings fans have enjoyed seeing some of their favorite players and people around the organization tell their stories and really come out and support such an important cause. So that'll do it for this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. As we said, four weeks away from the 2021 NFL draft. I know Jay is very excited. It's one of our favorite, most favorite times of the year. And of course, we will have a podcast just about every single night recapping everything that happened each day. I'm sure Lindsay, Eric, Gabe, and all at the Vikings Entertainment Network will make an appearance on one of those shows. So uh, we look forward to that. And until then, we will see you next time and have a great week.